It's also sort of me like trying to ask questions about the the judgments we make on on technology and and the way like you know there's there's this kind of like conventional received wisdom that that you know what's going on on your phone you know put your phone down and pay attention to what's going on in the real world you know what, what's going on on your phone is less important than than being present and in the moment in the physical world in front of you and i, I kind of wanted to interrogate that notion and kind of smash it to bits a little bit because i i feel like there for so many of us what's going on on our phone is the real world in in good ways and in bad Welcome to the Friends and Fiction Writer's Block Podcast. Four New York Times bestselling authors, one rock star librarian, and endless stories. Join Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, and Patty Callahan Henry, along with Ron Block. As novelists, we are four longtime friends with 70 books between us. And I am Ron Block. Please join us for fascinating author interviews and insider talk about publishing and writing. If you love books and are curious about the writing world, you are in the right place. Welcome to the newest episode of the Friends in Fiction Writer's Block podcast. Our favorite episodes are the ones that explore storytelling from different angles. Today is no exception, as we are talking with Carter Bays, author of what is sure to be one of the breakout books of the summer. His debut, The Mutual Friend, is what it's called. And you might recognize his name as the co-creator of the smash classic TV show, How I Met Your Mother. But before we introduce our guest, I also want to welcome my co-host, who's someone that you don't hear much from on the podcast, or you don't hear much about her, but she's the glue that holds everything Friends and Fiction together, Meg Walker. Meg, I'm so happy to have you here. It's so awesome to have you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so thrilled to step out of my uh, back office job and join you here on the mic today, Ron. And I'm really excited to introduce everybody to our awesome guest. Right on. Carter Bays is an American author, screenwriter, and songwriter. He's best known for co-creating the smash hit sitcom, How I Met Your Mother. So I have to say, Carter, my daughter is 20 years old. And when I told her today that I was going to be talking to you, I got major street cred in my house. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saluting major street cred. (laughs) Right on. I don't know how, but that show has caught on so like crazily with the, the high school and college age. It's like her comfort food, and she and all of her friends watch it and rewatch it and rewatch it like, like mad. So um, oh, that that's really great to hear, and 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 thank you for having me, you guys. It's very nice to meet you, Meg, and, and hello, Ron. Hey, hey, uh, hey. But uh, yeah, that's it's it's been very cool seeing this sort of like the newer generations discovering the show because I I'm you know we're eight years out from it ending now, and and it's been a while, and and. I actually, I, I have three kids of my own and my, my oldest is, is about to turn 11 and she's like right on the cusp of like uh, us allowing her to watch it. I'm like super, because like there's like, a, it's, it's one thing to like let her watch things with, you know, somewhat adult content. But when that adult content was written by her dad, yeah. it's it like <laughs> adds this whole other level of, 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 of ickiness to it that, yeah. So we're, we're still, uh, we're still, we're still feeling that out, but yeah, I, I, there's definitely a, it's been really cool. Like uh, a lot of like high school kids and college kids have been discovering the show and Absolutely. it's been really fun. Yeah. Very cool. The companion series, how I met your father starring Hillary Duff recently premiered on Hulu, a native of Cleveland, Ohio and a graduate of Wesleyan university. Carter now lives in California with his wife, Denise Cox Bays and their three children. 
Carter serves on the board of the Armed Services Arts Partnership, which helps veterans return to civilian life through comedy and the arts. And he regularly teaches a master class in TV writing at Columbia University. Welcome to the podcast, Carter. Thank you, guys. Man, when do you sleep? So nice to be here. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, the, the last few days I have. I, I, I this this uh, this is probably not in the in that that bio, but uh, I, I just I, I'm recovering from COVID right now, so I, I'm I'm in oh, a, a hotel room away from my family for for ten days. So oh, uh, no. it's it's not fun, but. Sorry. But, uh, in other okay. circumstances, it could be great, but not in these. <laughs> I mean, no one, no one has knocked on the door asking me to catch a spider or help them with, you know, help them fix something. So that that's been nice. But other than that, I I, I do miss them a lot. So, so um, I want to talk a little bit about the book. I I know you know already how excited I am because we've talked about it before. The mutual friend is just. It, it's just something that everybody's going to be able to relate to, and it's just going to. It's going to take off. But I, I want to read a little something from Kirkus Reviews. And I'm not sure you're aware of this, but Kirkus is one of the toughest reviewers out there. So you, you got what is like the Academy Award, a starred review from Kirkus, who said, <laughs> this is a rare thing, an original intelligent novel that's not just a perfect summer beach read, but one that deserves serious awards consideration as well. Put down your phone and pick it up. A major accomplishment. So congrats on that. that well, thank awesome. you very much. I, I that's the yeah, that's I, I'm this is my first book and I'm new to the, the world of book publishing and, and my mother, uh, who was for many years a librarian in, in huh? Cleveland, Ohio. So oh. so Ron, you guys may have cr- crossed paths at some point. Her name is Martha Bays. She was the, the children's room librarian and at the Shaker Heights Public Library. Very um, cool. But uh when I told her, I said like, Oh, I gotta I you know, I, I, cause I am kind of, you know, like a little unschooled in this stuff. And I, and I was like, Oh, I got a review from Kirkus and, uh, and, and I read this review, I read, read the whole review to her and she was like, Oh, that's great. That's really, wow. That's such a nice review. Yeah. And then I was, and then I sort of add like, Oh, and, and they, I left this out. They gave me a star. She was like, you got a star. And she was so excited because <laughs> she was, she was like, I, I, like, as soon as you said Kirkus, I was going to ask, did you get a star? But then I didn't want to like, I didn't want to, you know, <laughs> you know, ask and then you find out you didn't get it. So, but, uh, she was, that was, it was worth it just for her reaction to that. Cause she was very, very excited because she's a big, uh, a big Kirkus reader. So. That's so cool. Yeah. So, so let's start out by having you tell us Carter, uh, a sneak peek of what the mutual friend is about so we can get the ball rolling. Sure. And I, I this is something I've, I've workshopped this answer cause it's so hard. Cause it is, it's, it's a big, it's, uh, it's, it's a book with a lot of stuff in it. It's sort of yes. like a big casserole of things. Sort of at the center of it, it's kind of about. I see it as as being about uh, technology and the way the way we communicate with each other, the way we relate to each other, and the way the way we relate to each other has changed. Uh, Especially like just especially in the last twenty or thirty years, like in my lifetime, I just it feels like one of those things that that we all kind of know has happened, but we don't really talk about just the, the fact that like everything about the way we live our lives, the way we, the way we think, the way we remember things, the way we uh, buy our socks and fall in love. It's all, it's all sort of moved over to this other place. And, and that's something, you know, this, this, when I say this other place, I mean like the place inside your phone or, or behind the screen of your laptop. And, and it, it, it's, it's a huge shift for, for human beings and uh, we're like completely unevolved for it. And yet I think we, 
we don't give ourselves enough. Uh, I don't think we pay enough attention to the fact that we're all still trying to figure out how to live in this new world. And, and I, I think people my age, especially like it, it's it, having, having sort of straddled the cusp of like, having grown up when there was a, a, a just one phone in the whole house on the wall in the kitchen. And then all of a sudden with the long cord, <laughs> yeah, with the long cord that gets tangled. And uh, so it, it's, it's kind of about that. It's a lot of like, it's also sort of me like uh, trying to ask questions about the, uh, the judgments we make on, on technology and, and the way like, you know, there's, there's this kind of like conventional received wisdom that, that, you know, what's going on on your phone, you know, put your phone down and pay attention to what's going on in the real world. You know, yeah. what's going on on your phone is less important than than being present and in the moment in the physical world in front of you. Uh, and I, I kind of wanted to interrogate that notion and kind of smash it to bits a little bit, because I, I feel like there for so many of us, what's going on on our phone is the real world in, in good ways and in bad. But but it, but cl to be clear, in good ways, I mean, the, the, that's where. Again, that's where people fall in love. That's where people, you know, right. uh, talk to their mom every day. You know, it's it's really, um, I don't know. I, I wanted to like, I wanted to sort of take a non-judgmental look at the new way that we're living and and the way that we're going to be living from now on as a species, whether we like it or not. And uh, so this is that's that's a, a very long roundabout way to say it's it's just a. A, a book about the phone in your hand and how we're all <laughs> trying to figure out <laughs> what to do with no. it. So not long-winded at all. One of the things we do on Friends in Fiction is we ask people like, what is your book about and what is it really about? And you just answer the what's it really about <laughs> yeah, so I well. What's it really about? Yeah, yes, I, I can back up and to say what it's about is about uh, it's something that, that I very much relate to and, I've, and I hope other people will relate to. It's, it's just about uh, a young woman named Alice who is a uh, trying to she has she she wants to become a doctor and she has one summer to study for the MCAT the 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 big exam that you take it's an 8 hour long exam that that decides whether you can get into med school and so she really wants to get into med school she really wants to do well in this test and she has one summer to study for it and this is her journey of trying to study for this test and in order to do so she has to do battle against a dragon called distraction yes. and she's, 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 she's addicted to her phone. She's addicted to Facebook and Instagram and she has to manage to not do that and focus on what she's doing. But then the distractions get bigger as, as we see the people in her life can be distractions and the whole world can be a distraction. And, and it's sort of about her on, on this kind of hero's journey and, and also sort of questioning whether, like whether this is the right journey for her. So it, it, there's, there's, there's a lot that goes on, but um, it's mainly that that's, that's the main structure of it. So over the course of this one summer, Alice just trying to buckle down and do her work. Well, yeah. speaking of Alice, let's talk about the characters and the mutual friends. So we meet several interesting characters who represent um, sort of several different points of view in society, kind of similar to what you've done in your television work. So can you talk to us about how you develop the characters and, what influences who they are and how does it differ developing them for a novel versus developing characters for television? Uh, that's really interesting. I, 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 I um, as far as the difference between television and, and writing novels, I mean, writing characters for television, I, I've learned so much of that process is working with 
it, it, it all boils down to like the big difference between novel writing and television writing, which I've discovered is solitude versus collaboration. Yeah. And both of them have their pluses and minuses. And I love both of them, but television is such a collaborative, uh, it, it, it's just, you're just playing games with people all, all, all day long and, 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 and having fun and being silly with other people. And, and so much of like building characters in television is, is working with the actors. I mean, yeah. the actors are such a huge part of it. I mean, I, I, you know, you, you, you write your pilot script and, and then you start casting and you want to find someone that kind of matches the person that you wrote on the page. But more often than not, the person that, really catches your interest is someone nothing like that char character. But then you get excited about like br bringing in who that person is into the character that you have on the page and finding what kind of strange hybrid you can build out of those two ingredients. Like, uh, like uh, Neil Patrick Harris on our show was nothing like how we initially conceived Barney. Like Barney really? was a, 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 yeah, Barney was supposed to be, uh, like a John Belushi, Chris Farley, like a big, like, <laughs> like a big guy, you know, <laughs> that would yeah, have been a different show. Different. Yeah. And, and we honestly like looked at every young Chris Farley in, in Hollywood and, and saw some amazing people who were really funny, who have gone on to do amazing things in other, in other projects. But for some reason, none of them quite clicked for us as Barney. And then just on a whim, we brought in Doogie Hauser and he, uh, <laughs> who, who we had seen in, uh, Harold and Kumar and, and was hilarious in yes, that. And we yes. sort of like our, our, like our, our, our mantra was like, let's not cast anyone unless they've made us laugh. Like if they haven't made us laugh, then, then, you know, forget it. And, and, uh, he really made us laugh in that movie. And then he came in and did the audition and just, I don't know. It was just Barney. Like from day one, it was like, Oh yeah, this is the guy. This is, this is who he is. And so, so much of like, you know, things like, I mean, I'm using his as an example, but you know, uh, any one of the characters on the show is, is kind of the same thing, but like, you know, Neil is a lover of magic and he brought magic into that character. And so Barney became a magician and like, there's, there's lots of things yeah. like that. When that, you're sitting home alone and in, in the room by yourself, writing a novel, Neil Patrick yeah. isn't walking in and having it, it develop <laughs> and take detours for you. Yeah, and that's that and head, right? that is a totally different uh, experience, and and one that I, I I I just to give it credit, I loved e equally, and and if not more at this point in my life, like I really uh, the way the characters in this book sort of came to be was, I mean, the, the whole book came to be sort of as I uh, we we were living in New York, we had just moved to New York after How I Met Your Mother. Uh, we were on the Upper West Side living in the 90s and uh, the West 90s. And my uh, daughters were going to school in the like the West 114th, like around that area. And so I would walk them to school every day. And it was like right across the street from Columbia University. And it's sort of in the Morningside Heights neighborhood, which is where the whole book takes place. And so it, it's filled with. it's it, uh, So much of the book is just a slice of life of this neighborhood as I perceived it just walking around like during the day waiting for my kids to get out of school. Uh, but, but on these long walks, especially the long walks home. when I, when I was, it was just me, I was just, uh, you know, sort of, I, 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 would, I had reached the point where I was ready to start creating something new. And, and, you know, I'd finished how I met your mother and, and had sort of taken a long enough break from, from creating things. Cause it had been 10 straight years of, of writing and I, I definitely needed like a break, but, uh, I sort of reached this point where 
uh, voices started coming back to me and, and I started like uh, thinking about things and thinking about like stories I wanted to tell. And, um, yeah, I, 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 it, it's, it, it was kind of a weird mystical process where these voices just started talking to me and, and I sort of saw each of these characters as kind of different sides of myself uh, initially. And, and, and they, they, you know, they, they, they grew and became richer and more filled out as I, as the stories came along. But like, for instance, Bill is, is a character that Bill is, is Alice's brother and he's a, um, he's a, a, a tech guy who had developed a tech app that had done very well. And now he was kind of sort of living off of that and, and sort of kicking around for like what the next thing he's going to do with his life is. And everyone's waiting for him to find some new thing that he's just going to get obsessed with. And he kind of takes this crazy left turn where he becomes obsessed with Buddhism and he becomes, he, he takes a, a class in Buddhism and, and it, 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 it's that's very much based on, I mean, you know, there's ob, some obvious bio, biographical parallels with me, but also especially he, uh, that was something that I actually did when I, uh, I, I had finished how I met your mother and, and I'm, I'm like living in New York. I don't have a job. I am. I'm sort of like, I need a, I need at least like a year off from television. I don't want to think about television. And, uh, I, uh, I dropped them off at their school, which is like right across the street from Columbia. And I just had this sort of like, there was one day I just had on a whim. I was just like, I wonder if can like graduates, could people that can people just take classes at Columbia if you're not like enrolled there. And I looked it up and they have this general studies program that you can apply to. And it's, it's, it wasn't hard to get in. It took me like a, a, an afternoon to like fill out a little, I wrote a little uh, application and I got in and I ended up that summer taking a class on Buddhism. Uh, with with a with a, a, a wonderful professor named Michael Como, and uh, it was like it, it was like in you know it was, it was summer school at at, uh, at at Columbia at this point, so it was like in the summer. It was very hot, but it was like uh, in this on this in this fifth floor uh, classroom, and it was just a wonderful experience. But it definitely like like in this case, like I. I, I Bill's character is is me, but what if I could not let go of my interest in Buddhism? And what if it just got so bad that it that it started to like ruin my life? Kind of, and uh, that's kind of what yeah, I don't want to give away what happens to Bill, but Bill Bill takes it pretty far. And so uh, I, I uh, you know, at the time it was just me, like very much feeling like I need something, I need to fill this space in my life that this job that I worked on for ten years took and and for that summer it was buddhism and it and uh you know the, the summer ended and and luckily for me i had a, a a wife that probably wouldn't have put up with me pursuing it even longer and 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 i had two kids and a third one on the way to think about so i i didn't didn't shave my head or anything but uh it was, was going to um, be my next question <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but it was yeah, but i uh, you know i kind of lived through bill and imagined what would that have been like if i had done that so that's, that's uh, and he's yeah. such an interesting character in the book among so many interesting characters um 
like I almost want to make I want to make an appointment with you to do like a book club with everybody who's read the book so I can ask you the questions I want to know about these specific oh, things. Was, I don't want to give great. anything away <laughs> today, but anyway. Yeah. So the other thing that really strikes me about the book that's different from your TV work is there it's visual, but on the page you have you have it's your brain to the reader's brain and you have to describe what's going on to them, which I think is a bit different than being able to have somebody act it out for the for them. But the descriptions of falling down the rabbit holes with a screen in front of your face was so spot on and kind of disturbing because so many of us are guilty of that. And I saw myself going like, oh, and especially after I read the book, I'm like, oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Oh. And I didn't really <laughs> yeah. do it. But, but how did you pull those together? What was the... Um, um it, it was a lot of work and it was a lot of like really sort of paying attention and and, and uh, a lot of... Um, yeah, I, I, I credit the... I think I, I, I actually the class I took after I took my Buddhism class <laughs> the, in the fall, I took a class on James Joyce because I, I had always loved uh, like Dubliners, but I'd never gone beyond Dubliners in my exploration of Joyce. And 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 I sort of knew like I, nobody nobody reads Ulysses and comes out alive unless they have like a guide with them, you know, right. to like, uh, you know, show them show them the way up the mountain. Uh and I had a, a wonderful te- uh, professor named Philip Kitcher at, at Columbia who, uh, you know, he, he took us through, we, we read Dubliners and then we read uh, Portrait of the Artist and then we read Ulysses. And, and we sort of stopped at Finnegan's Wake and that apparently was a whole other semester of work than just Finnegan's Wake. And so I'm, I'm saving that for like 10 years down the road. I'll yeah, read Finnegan's Wake. That's a class on itself, I think. Yeah. Cause it, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, they're, they're very difficult, uh, challenging books um especially ulysses yeah. but but i i just got so much out of it and and it really opened my eyes to like how you can what you can do with words on a page and and what you can present with words on a page and specifically like just the 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 way he really made a this beautiful effort to to record what it's like to think and what it's like to how the brain experiences information a moment at a time and uh so that, that was definitely a big inspiration on, on, you know, and, and that, that, I mean, that also like really inspired the book in a lot of ways because it was, I was really like, you know, I, I, I think he, you know, he's recording what it's like to think in 1922. And like, I, I sort of felt like, well, but in 2015, like there's new things to contend with the, for the brain to contend with. And what is that like? What is that experience like? And, and so I've tried to like really, you know, do, do my, my level best to right. try and capture that. Uh, and quite successfully, I have to say, because if somebody okay. can make me put down a phone, <laughs> that's high, pra- <laughs> that's high praise. Um, so much like your previous work, the mutual friend is laced with humor, but also um, some stark realities about technology and, and society. So, you know, what do you hope, just like we've been talking about, but what do you hope that your readers take away from that? Um, well, I, I really set out very strongly to not take a side. I mean, that, that was something that, that was very important to me in writing it. I mean, and then that's something that I, 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 you know, over a number of years writing for television, I've sort of developed some like my little pet theories on what makes a good TV show and what makes, uh, you know, what, what, what works on TV and what doesn't. Uh, and, one of those pet theories is that I feel like every good TV show is a, 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 a an argument. 
is is a, is a, or, or a conversation. Every good TV show is like a hundred episode conversation, uh, a debate between two parties, uh, each stating their case and making their arguments. But like the most important element being that nobody's right and and that both sides make a strong case, but nobody ends up winning in the end because it, you know that that. I think you can tell a story for one episode where it's like, this thing is bad. No, I think this thing is good. No, you're right. Okay. This thing is bad. The end. But, uh, I think for, for a TV show to, to continue and, and be interesting, you need to have, uh, there needs to be an, an unresolvable argument at the center of it. Like on how I met your mother, for instance, there was just kind of the, the uh, endless, you know, as old as time debate between, you know, be single or settle down, you know, you know, find the person and, 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 and settle down or, or go out and have, have adventures and, 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 and be free. Um, and that's like unresolvable. Like there's no, there's no right or wrong answer to that. And I, yeah, I just, again, I found myself in, in thinking about technology and thinking about sort of the idea of like, Oh, put down your phone. Like, I, I feel like I, well, I like, for example, and I've told the story a, a few times, but like, my uh there's the, the the story I always think of is that uh there was a time when I was on a work trip to Las Vegas and my sister was there with me because she worked with me at the time and we're walking through the casino and she's telling me some story and it's she's very animated about this story and very passionately telling it's like some sort of like really juicy office gossip or like some some dating story from her love life or something like that. I don't remember because I wasn't really paying attention. I was looking at my phone and, and after a while she sort of caught onto that and she sort of like just stopped and said like, Hey dude, hello, just eyes up here. Focus on me. I'm in the real world. You can, you can do that. Whatever you're doing on your phone, you can do that later. Like, can you, you know, pay attention to me? And you know, on one level, it's like, yeah, she's right. You know, what, what's going on in, in right in front of you is more important than, than what's going on on your phone. Except in this case, I was, uh, the thing on my phone was a, uh, email that I'd gotten from my wife that was a, um, uh, an email. The, the subject heading was, are you sitting down? And it was a picture of a pregnancy test. Oh! Uh, so like I was, <laughs> And, and it occurred to me, yeah, and it was very important. And it, and it like, you know, outshone, it's, you know, that was, believe me, like the story of that day was not, oh, my sister told me a great story in the, in the casino, right. like, you know, the, the, you know, so like, and it just made me realize like, oh, this is where this happens now. This happens on the phone. And this is how you find out this information. Like I, I've, you know, uh, um, like how many people have you like found out that they got engaged from Facebook, you know, or like, I, I like, and, and it's sad. And, and it's something that's in the book is like, you know, you, I've found out about Sony losing friends on, on, you know, on Facebook, you know, I mean, it's, it's the, the, the moments of your life are happening there. And, and, and so it sort of made me feel like, I feel like we need to give, give that it's due, give the fact that like, we are kind of living our lives there, yeah. It, it's it's give it give it the respect that it's due in that sense that like i remember like uh you know in 1999 when the matrix came out and everyone was like oh my god can you imagine what that would be like like living in the matrix and i just sort of like realized like we're there we're not it's not like something that's like gonna happen like when they released that i know that like uh facebook did that whole like metaverse thing and it's like yes. well that's that's the, and, and it looks really cool but it's like we don't need the meta we're already there like we go into our right. phone and that's we're in a different place right, than right. the physical world that we're normally in. And so, um, 
Yeah. And that, that sort of like, I sort of like started that sort of started uh, cross pollinating with like things about Buddhism that I'd learned about this idea of like the, 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 the uh, eternal truth and provisional truth. And like the fact that there's this duality to the world. Um, so I don't know that, that it all kind of became a big stew and that that's what ended up in the book. That's awesome. And I, I would love that story about the finding out about the pregnancy, but it's a perfect <laughs> allegory that you're saying. It's yeah. all like both exactly. sides of this, like the good and the bad of it. Um, uh, I want to talk a little bit about your process for keeping the momentum in the book going because you jump from character mm-hmm. to character, but you never leave them for long. And the readers are just like, we're just like dying to see what's next, like what's going to happen to Bill or April or Roxy. Uh, and, and sadly, Bob, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bob. <laughs> Bob is, uh, Bob is the, the, the sort of, uh, somewhat toxic bachelor of the book who uh he's he he kind of represents he's he's a guy in his 40s who's uh he sort of represents you know i i got married in 2000 uh 2010 and uh it was like right before the apps came out and i remember as the apps started coming out and getting bit you know like tinder and all this like i I remember the time and, and i think a lot of people who got married around the time i did felt the same thing of just like there, but for the grace of God, go on. <laughs> like, yeah. I just yeah. felt like dodged a bullet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and like, you know, and, and again, it's, it's the, there's, there's two sides to every coin and there's, you know, there's so many people now that have like met their, met their, uh, love of their lives on, on one of those apps. So like, right. I, you know, I'm all for it, but I, I try to want to explore again, sort of a side of me, like, not that I'm anything like Bob really, but like, just the idea of like, well, what if I hadn't met my wife and I just got these apps and just, or someone like me just marinated in these apps for 10 years, 15 years, like what would that do to a person? So that was, that was kind of the idea for that. Uh, okay. Sorry. I, but I, I'll, no. uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going way off subject here because uh, <laughs> that's what we love. That's what we love. <laughs> uh, you were asking about how I like keeping all these different threads going and that just, uh, I think that's a skill that goes back to writing for television just because that is kind of like, you know, you write your A story, your B story, your C story. Um, and I, I'm just, I mean, that and all the fun of writing for me has always been about like laying tracks and springing them and, and, and sort of knowing thing, knowing an event is going to happen and writing towards it and, and getting us there the most circuitous way and then surprising you when you get there. And, uh, so I, it, it was, it was definitely, challenging with this many characters and and this kind of collapsed timeline just one summer like all these different things happening which was kind of like the sort of the goal of the book was to give you this feeling of like just the 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 depth of information within a collapsed timeline like the fact that you know we're in this world but there's just so many trillions of ones and zeros and so much information all at once sort of uh you know, on, on any given block in New York City, there's 10 stories happening at the same time. And so it, it, it took a lot of like I had to use like some real like like calendar software to like keep track of everything. Oh, there was a lot uh, of like yeah, so, a lot of, like color coding and stuff. But So about the yeah. process, I mean, we talk a lot on Friends of Fiction about whether people outline or don't and whether, you know, they like to plot things out ahead of time or fly by the seat of their pants. So. Do you consider yeah. yourself a plotter or a pantser? And did you outline this entire book or did you let it sort of fly at you as it came? Uh, I'm very much a, a, a plotter. I'm very much a, I love outlining. Outlining is, I, I think it's, uh, and I try to like, 
you always want to hit the sweet spot of like an outline where you kind of know what's going to happen, but you don't know how it's going to happen. So you can still surprise yourself in the moment. And there's plenty of stuff that happened that way. I mean, like, and, and, and sometimes like you'll be writing and a thing will happen and it will actually like, it'll, it'll force you to like redo your whole outline, but you're so excited about it. Like there's a, I don't want to say what it is, but there's some trouble that, that uh, Bob gets into on one of his, one of his many uh, Tinder dates halfway through the book (laughs) that, that, the the choice that he makes a choice that's a very unfortunate choice for him and and it's it's a choice that that totally like changed where I was going to go with everything else but it it, it I, I'm I'm glad he made that choice <laughs> I mean I'm sure he's not glad he did but or maybe he is I don't know yeah. being very very vague about it don't yes. don't want to spoil it well that's one of the things I loved about the book is the you get to know these people and you think you you know what their decisions are going to bring or what they're going to do next or how they're going to proceed and then out of left field oh wait a minute I didn't see that coming and you, but you then you understand it really quickly why they did that and so it just makes for a richer book with a lot more um character development so yeah kudos on that oh thank you yeah it was it was i i, I and I, and I sort of I, I, w- I would credit that to just taking my time with it. Like it, it really was, you know, I'm so, I've been so used to writing television where you, you have an idea and then a month later it's done, it's on TV and you're never going to get another shot at it. Right. And after many years living like that uh, and, and writing things kind of in the moment, then you, you're, you're stuck with it forever. I, I wanted to see what it's like to just like work on a project and, and keep working on it and, and, not release it into the world until it's completely ready until it's so this is you know i feel like this this book is like a few seasons worth of how i met your mother at least like in terms of (laughs) mental stuff that went into it how Um, many how i met your mother units is one novel (laughs) (laughs) i don't know yeah it's true it's about it's at least half of how i met your mother i think it's Um, but um yeah so how did you get your start as a writer? And is that what you always thought you wanted to be? Did you always know you wanted to be a writer? Um, I think I always knew that stories were just how I dealt with the world and how I, how I organized the world in my mind. Uh, I, I love stories. I've always loved stories, whether it's like stories around the campfire at summer camp or like, you know, the afternoon reruns of Charles in charge. I would watch in high school, you know, it, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, I, I always knew that, that, that was what I wanted to do and really just finding the way to tell stories that best suited me was kind of the, was the big challenge, I think. And, uh, I, I was really into playwriting. I got, I got the theater bug in high school, uh, which is a great time to get into theater because high school theater is the best theater there is. And, and it really, uh, that, that was, that really like gave me the confidence to, to really, uh, explore writing. Um, then I got to college and, and, uh, I got really into fiction and I really, and I thought that fiction was going to be, I, I wrote like a, a, you know, I've got my bottom of the drawer novel around somewhere that from, from, from my college years that maybe we'll someday see the light of day. But then, uh, the summer, uh, between junior and senior year, I, I didn't have anything to do with myself. And, uh, I knew that graduation was coming and I was really like not even close to knowing what I wanted to do with my life. And, uh, I got this internship at MTV in their, uh, in, in, in Times Square, like at their headquarters in Times Square, which is such wow. a huge deal for a kid from Cleveland. Like I'm living in New York for the summer. 
going to, going to work at Times Square, which, you know, as every Clevelander knows, is the coolest part of New York, right there in the middle. <laughs> well, of- I don't know about anymore, but <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it was it was very uh, it was Exciting. it was so fun, and it was like the era of like it was like before Carson Daly, but it was like they they were there was like I don't know it was it was just a very it was it was a really fun time on on I mean, the real world it did had kind of hit and. Um, it was me and actually Craig Thomas, my my ah. my writing partner of many 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 years. Uh, he also went to Wesleyan. He also got the same internship. And and over the course of that summer was when we both sort of discovered. We kind of discovered three things. We discovered that we were best friends, so that was exciting. We discovered that we uh, uh, we had been playing in a. <laughs> this is this is I'm taking a long detour here. We'd been playing in a band together but we didn't really know each other too well. Like it was a big band. There was like 10 people in the band. It was one of those kind of college bands. Uh, so we hadn't really gotten close, but then over the course of that summer, we started making more and more music together. And we just discovered that we, in addition to being best friends, we love making music together. And we also discovered that we love writing together. And, and we were in working in the development department at uh, MTV and, and the, uh, the mission of the development department that particular summer was that MTV was getting into scripted programming, getting away from just doing videos. And they wanted to uh, figure out what was the MTV sitcom. That was sort of the, the, the headline. And, and it was, it was a very like sort of mystical question. What is the MTV sitcom? And, 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 you know, what, whatever that means, Uh, but kind of a new frontier. It was a totally new frontier. The answer, and I'll just to jump ahead. The answer ended up being, uh, I believe, uh, the Osbournes, <laughs> like, which, which was a great show. And it was, it was and it when was. you think about it, it's like if if that's the question, then that that is the perfect answer because it really was like it had rock and roll, but it was also like, but but um, but yeah, I, I Craig and I sort of both realized that we both love sitcoms, and so we were like, oh, let let us take a hack at it, and we wrote uh, a couple scripts together that sort of like our idea of like, this is, this, this seems like this could be good. And uh, none of them, you know, made it on the air or anything, but we sort of discovered like, Oh, we love this form. We love, we love writing together. We love collaborating in this way. And we also love writing jokes and writing, uh, uh, you know, stories about characters and, and that sort of lit the fire for us. And then after that, we, we graduated and we ended up, we ended up getting work at, uh, David Letterman, which was tremendous fun. was like, uh, I was, I always call it my, my comedy MFA because I was there for four and a half years and like really just learned how to write a joke and learned how to like write for an audience and, you know, uh, learned a ton of really valuable stuff. But at the end of that experience, Craig and I knew like that our, our future was writing a uh, half hour comedy. And so we moved to Los Angeles and the rest is kind of history. It totally is. Totally is. Sounds like the best summer ever. All right. Yeah. Oh my God. It was, yeah, it was it the best. Be. So, so it, you wrote so, um, so much together and you've now done the book by yourself. Are the two of you planning anything else for the future? We are, we, we have, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, uh, sort of took this, did, did this little, uh, this is kind of like my little solo album, this book. And then we're, we're back to getting the band, <laughs> keeping the band together. We, uh, um, uh, we have a, and, and Craig is kind of more at the forefront of this, but but we're both we both developed it. Uh, we have a, a a movie musical that we've been developing for many many years. Uh, it's called Molly and the Moon, and 
it's something that that it's very personal it's very like magical and and fantastical and it's it's sort of it's very much it's based on craig's experience uh with his son who was born uh when he was born in the hospital he they discovered that he had a, a severe heart condition among many other things and uh had to uh go into the NICU immediately after he was born and they spent uh, five weeks in the hospital sort of experiencing this, this just this awful experience that was so terrifying and, and luckily had a happy ending where when Elliot, the, their son came home and this, this happened during the third season of how I met your mother. And so it took many years for, I think Craig to be ready to, to, to tell a story about it, but we, we, created this story and it's something we're, we're extremely proud of. And, um, we tried to get it made as a movie for a number of years and now we're, we're pitching it as a, as a television series. Uh, but it's got, it's got, uh, it's a musical. So it's got all original music by Craig and I, and, uh, we're, we're tremendously proud of it. So I, I really hope that something happens with it eventually. Yeah. I, I did a little digging before we came on the air about it. And I'd like the premise is just so original and I can't, whatever form it comes in, I can't wait to see it. Uh, yeah. Well, I hope so. Well, Carter, congratulations on the release of the mutual friend. It releases on June 7th. So everyone listening, there's still time for people to pre-order it and um, be the first to get your hands on this unique and utterly absorbing story. So as we let you go, tell us where we can find out more about your work and how all of our listeners can keep up with you online. Sure. Okay. Well, I'm at uh, on Twitter at Carter Bays. Uh, one word, Carter Bays. I'm on Instagram at Carter L Bays because whoever at Carter Bays was on Instagram got there probably the day before I did right. and <laughs> yes. parked himself there. So at Carter Bays, if you're listening, let's talk, please. I really, uh, <laughs> give me my name back. It just, give me my name. Uh, the L, I mean, my middle name, my middle initial is L. I used to, I used to use it. Like if you somehow dug up old uh, David Letterman credits, you'd see like written by Carter L Bays, but uh, it's been many years since I, I dropped the L. So, but that's my Instagram, Carter L Bays. And carterbays.com is my website. So That's good, Great. good. Follow them all. Anyway, so yeah. thank you so much for being here. Uh, this has been a riot. The book is so, so good. And oh, I can't wait you. for people to get their hands on it. It's, it's really going to resonate with people and take it to the beach, but, but be prepared for a lot to sink into your brain about this and about society. It's just a perfect mix of everything. So I hope so. I, I just to say it like I, I, I kind of wrote it as a, I wrote it with the goal of it sort of being two books for the price of one. Like I try to write like a, like the first time you read it is like your beach read book and you read it and it's like just a, I feel like it's a great story and, and, and you'll laugh, you'll cry. It, it's just perfect for just taking the beach, but it's definitely a book that I, I think, I hope you, uh, right when you finish it, you go back and start reading it again and see all the stuff that you didn't see the first time because yeah. there's, there's lots of twists and surprises along the way. Yes. And I read a lot of books and this book really stayed with me since I first read it. So that's, that's usually a good sign. <laughs> that's awesome, Rob. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck with it. All right. Thank you guys. This is, this is a lot of fun. And thank you to our listeners. As we reach the one year anniversary of the friends and fiction writer's block podcast, we want to say how much we appreciate you listening in each week as we explore storytelling with fascinating guests like Carter. As always, a new episode will drop next Friday. And if you would, please share us with a friend. Thank you for tuning in to the Friends in Fiction Writer's Block podcast. 
Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. Tune in every Friday for another episode. And you can also join us every week on Facebook or YouTube, where our live Friends and Fiction show airs at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are so glad you're here. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.